Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Winchester Radio. Uh, give me one second, because we lost a we lost the podcast host, but I'm going to try and get her back. One second. No, I'm back. Hey, Vinny. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> There you are. Just as we went live, then left. Let's come back. Uh, okay. Again, welcome to Winchester Radio. Tonight we're going to be talking about Sharp Teeth, Episode 12, Season 9, written by Adam Glass, uh, and the return of Garth, directed by a supernatural old hand, a wonderful, wonderful director, John Showalter. Um Thanks for listening. We're on blogtalkradio.com forward slash media boulevard. Uh, you can subscribe and download us through iTunes. You can go to our site, winchesterbros.com. We always have a link on the right side of the page, and we also now have a dedicated page to links to all our podcasts, including many, many wonderful interviews going way back to the third season. Uh, thank you, Becky. Um, you can always Twitter, Winchester Bros in both of those places. Um, join us there. We tweet supernatural news, not just about the podcast, but about the show, the actors, staff, crew, ratings, you name it, you can find it there. Um, anyway, on to Shark Teeth. Um, oh, oh, it had God. teeth, but not so sharp. <laughs> yeah, it had teeth, but not so sharp. <laughs> That's the missing the sharp part. Um, oddly, you know, uh, Becky, Vinny, and I, Susan, live in three different places, two different time zones. We don't really watch together. Um, but this one, and, and so we don't always have the same opinion, the same comments, but this one watching different times, we all came together and said, no. <laughs> Pretty much. No. Yeah, this was not a heated debate kind of episode. Uh, oh. Like we have, like we have whenever Swan Song comes up. It's <laughs> 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 true. <laughs> Which I, sidebar. And thank you for everyone who joined us for the SPM binge, and thank you for TV binges for inviting us to it. But upon rewatching Swan Song for the binge, which is probably like my, I don't know. 14th, 15th watch of that episode. A lot. I think I sort of like it now, so we're good. We're better. Oh, yay! <laughs> yeah, I still have to ask you, did it, did it change you at all, seeing it there? I still have some um, of the same issues. I still have some of the same issues. Um, but um, I, I, I have more affection for it, I suppose. I still, I'm sorry, no, preemptive apology. I really dislike ass butt. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> and and time here with this episode, I also really dislike Mr. Fizzles. Like those are those are the, kind of like it's just not my type of humor. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing mm-hmm. that I, I latch on to, and so they fall flat for me, and it takes me out of it. Mm-hmm. So Hey Asplet takes me out of Swan Song, and mm-hmm. the whole Mr. Fizzles thing took me out of Party on Guard. So yeah, there's a couple, of, yeah, mm-hmm. sort of things. Um, sorry, one more thing. Yeah. Uh, we we do not have a guest tonight, so we will take a uh, call in 
comments and questions, but maybe in just a, a little bit so we can get started on the discussion. But um, thank you for listening, and please, in just a, a little bit, we'll maybe start some uh, callers and questions, and that number is 347-205-9801. Okay. Um, speaking, of the binge real, speaking of the binge real quick, I wanted to mention that we're also going to try and have a um, hold our own Supernatural Marathon and tweet along with it um, during the next hiatus. So keep a watch out for that information. Okay. We have we have a team. We have a team working out episodes. We're narrowing it down so that it's not, you know, 30 episodes to watch. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. I guess we can talk about sharp teeth. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is indicative of this episode, and, and, and you were telling me while you were writing your recap, you just kept wandering off. It was easy mm-hmm. to get distracted or go do something else. I was I was watching this episode and I was watching and I was watching and I was thinking, okay, it must be it must be almost over. And I went to fast forward the commercial and realized I'd only watched twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I felt like I had been watching forever and it was only twenty minutes, which is not good because firstborn felt fast, felt like I've been watching 20 minutes in a good way that so much happened, it just flew by, it was so interesting and this had the opposite effect. Yeah, a road trip too, it felt like, you know, blink and it was over and coming off Mm -hmm. the momentum of those two episodes to come directly into an episode where all three of us and from what we've gathered feedback on different platforms the consensus was either anywhere from I didn't care to I really disliked this for a lot mm-hmm. of reasons. And I did. You know, like, I think this is the first podcast that all three of us just really didn't. I mean, the first episode that all three of us really didn't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because usually, you know, even I'm trying to think back to the last really controversial episode we had, which was probably Bitten, maybe. Hmm. Um, Maybe we just don't like werewolves. <laughs> no, I, 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 we tend I to say it. that, except I really do. Um, mm-hmm. I'd be tempted to say, like, you know, I, I'm more of a vampire kind of person, or I'm more of a ghost kind of person. But no, no, no. It's um, mm-hmm. I think there was um, I'm going to start this by saying the most general and probably most directly critical on a personal level kind of statement, but this episode, uh, it was very, it was very Adam Glass. And when I say that, I mean the formula stood. It basically followed, and so I, I thought of this when someone left the same comment on my recap, it followed nearly beat for beat Freaks and Geeks. Yes, when I read that comment on your on your recap, I was like, "That is so. Cor- that's right. It, it really is. It's it's basically freaks and geeks, just you know, with werewolves instead of hunters." And yeah, and and to a gr- to a degree, it followed the formula of as time goes by, bad boys. Um, It just, it, yeah, it, it was very paint by numbers in that in that respect. 
which I don't mean you should, you know, nothing against Adam Glass because I think he is talented. But I do think mm-hmm. that he has, he definitely has an, a niche as far as what he likes to do or what he prefers to write mm-hmm. or the way he prefers to structure a story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like I, I have to say, because that, that despite the fact that all three of us are not the soda and we're definitely starting to talk about things that we didn't, didn't like or issues with, and concerns with the episode, I want everybody to know that it comes from our foundation is we love Supernatural. We love the show, and we have a complete appreciation for the incredibly hard work that everybody on that show does from, you know, a, a showrunner, producers, writers, right on through cast, crew, everybody. We know whether the episode succeeds from a story uh, and viewing standpoint that, that real people put a lot of hard work and effort and sweat and dedication and loyalty into that episode, you know, into, whether we like it or not, somebody's got to sit there and do all those visual effects and edit and add the music. So it's not that we don't appreciate it and it's not a cavalier dismissal well, we just don't like it. Because when you just say you don't like something or that episode is stupid, that's not helpful. That's not constructive. It's like, great, explain to me why. And also I think at some point we will be talking about things that we did, we did like about the episode. I mean, I had a few moments. Yeah, there were, I, I had moments. Um, it, mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't like a rage blackout that I went through or anything. Um, mm-hmm. And, and to, to agree with you, there are shows that I watch that when an episode doesn't hit home for me for whatever reason, I can't even tell you if it if I couldn't tell you who the writer is most of the time, and if I can tell you who the writer is, I can't tell you if it's indicative of their style in any way because I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't care enough to know, mm-hmm. and that's the difference. That's the difference with certain shows, um, you know, specifically Supernatural. Right now, if you care enough to know, you. Mm-hmm. That's already, you know, showing. Mm-hmm. You're already going to be more passionate about it when it doesn't, right? When there's a misstep. I'm really choosing my words yeah. very carefully. If you can't tell. Um, yeah, and it's not personal because you know. it, it isn't personal at, at all for anybody. I, I went to art school, and um, you know, you're used to getting critiqued on your artwork every single week, and you can't take it personally, I know you put in a lot of work, but this person telling you what's wrong with your drawing is not attacking you and it's not to attack a writer or anybody else. It's okay to no. disagree with the work or, or an actor or actress's performance. You don't have to like no, it. You understand that that's a real person with real feelings and, you know, don't, don't, don't make it personal. It, you can say, I, I don't like the way this was written because but it's not a personal attack on anything. And I, I agree. Like, when I was a pharmacy major, you were either right or wrong, but being an English major at this point in my life and also doing something, you know, being a makeup artist, they're more creative kind of things, and I can do something that, I can write something that I think is great, or I can do a makeup look on somebody that I think is gorgeous, and doesn't mean it's perfect, and it doesn't mean that there's mm-hmm. no criticism, and it doesn't mean that someone's not going to come in and tear apart some part of my technique regarding it. 
Mm-hmm. I think vice versa. Vice versa. I can do something that I feel kind of shaky about, and someone can come in and praise me for it. But then, again, it's still far from perfect because anytime you do something, whether you know in your case it's art, in my case makeup and writing, whatever it is, there's it's it's the kind of thing where there's constant learning, constant, constant learning, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. constant, mm-hmm. constant. Find out. And you're never happy with your own work. I mean, you get to a point where you're you feel like it's it's okay, pretty good. And, and of course, when on TV, you get a deadline, and you know you're done or you're done, and that's it. But when you're a writer or an artist or anything, you can tweak pretty much forever <laughs> if you want to. And you kind of have um, to. We um, oh. someone on Twitter, someone on Twitter just left a great comment, and I completely agree. Um, at MMP Muskie said, I think there was a complete lack of emotion in this story that was supposed to be emotional. I and agree we were with talking that. About that. Yeah, we were talking about that a bit before we went live and saying that we know the way we know the way the characters are supposed to feel because we're being told how they, how they feel, but we're not feeling it with them. Mm-hmm. I know I know that Dean is in a dark place, he's at a rock bottom place. He's not shaving, and so it's very serious right now. <laughs> but, yeah. but I don't feel it from Dean. I'm just aware of it. I have the basic knowledge. Same thing with Sam. Mm-hmm. I know Sam. I know Sam feels violated. I know Sam is angry, and I know Sam is hurt. But mm-hmm. I'm not feeling that coming off of Sam. It's just you know I've used my I've used my context clues. To figure out how I'm supposed to feel, but I'm not feeling that way. Mhm. Yeah, I've, so, and, and, and I feel, speaking of, hmm? I'm gonna say I, I really felt. I think I mentioned this. I know I keep referencing my recap in this a lot, but because this is the first recap I wrote where it had a lot of review in it, which is a credit to Adam Glass because. One thing I will say is this episode has sparked a lot of discussion for something that was a monster of the week, arguably a filler episode. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when someone can talk about the art you produce, that's 99% of the battle. You know, if people just consume and walk away, what effect have you had? None. Mm-hmm. So I, I will say that. But... um. I felt like this episode was just a lot of a lot of tell and not enough show, and mm-hmm. it was very um you know you have the reverend you know well you know after my wife was killed I felt deep dark revenge in my heart too and then I went but then I realized that that road leads nowhere right Dean. It just, everything felt like it was hitting me over the head with it, with lesson after lesson. Mm-hmm. And, and, did you feel and like Sam Winchester getting clocked on the head every week? I really did. Um, oh, my yeah. God. And <laughs> that happened again. Oh, that happened again this know. week. I'm so sick and tired of Sam getting knocked, hit on the head and knocked unconscious. I am so sick of that. They have got to come up. With a different thing. I mean, everything. I know. And well, no. Here's the basic theme of Sam in the past few years, and especially this season. Especially this season, I feel like, and the end, the middle end of last season, it's 
okay, Sam Winchester needs to go somewhere and let's knock him unconscious, which the joke used to be, let's choke Sam, but at least he was still conscious mm. for it. And, mm. and I also feel like let's have Sam say one sentence to somebody, hug them, and walk away because Sam Winchester cannot have friends. And then we're going to have that moment and then spend the next three minutes with this person and Dean having these deep emotional moments layered, whether it's well-layered or poorly layered, depending on the episode, full of meaning and lesson and entendre and all kinds of things where Sam just goes, hmm, hug, and walks off. When I feel like I feel like the brothers are at a point where if someone's telling them, if someone's telling one, this is what's wrong, or this is this is the lesson I'm providing. At this point, it's a lesson they both need to hear anyway. So why is only one hearing it? Yeah, there was, I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, there was so many times in this episode that Sam was gone, and it's like why. It's like when Dean went to the house to have dinner with the werewolves. Why did they send Sam to the sheriff's station? You know, and yeah. there, there was, why did Sam not stand there and get the goodbye with Dean and Garth? Why did he mm-hmm. have to have his separate 10 second little goodbye and leave? And yeah, it's like Sam was barely there in this episode. And I know some people said it's because um, Jen was having her baby. no. Jen had her baby over Christmas break. They filmed, This episode was filmed before that, so that's not the reason. No, the reason why, you know, whether there's a reason or not, it's sort of irrelevant. If you need to have one in the episode for longer than the other for whatever reason, that's fine. You know, we have, um, I just blanked on the name of the episode. The episode where Sam's only in it with Ruby for like the first 10 seconds. Oh, um, in the beginning, song remains the no, same. No, I always get those two mixed up. Song remains the same. I do too. But at least narratively, it wasn't formulaic. It wasn't. Con- it wasn't overly contrived. It wasn't it was a, a disservice to Sam Winchester's hunting skills. It was an awesome episode. It, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and it was. You know, you have the beginning of them of Ruby and Sam saying, you know, this is what we're going to go do, and it, it. You're not sitting there going, well, where's Sam? No, because you're not And I, I'm, I'm fine with that. It's just when it gets to the point where you, the only way you know how to get Sam out of the scene is to have yeah. him say goodbye to somebody or be unconscious. That's that's exactly my point. Yeah, he, you know, like you, if he's not, if he, if if Sam's not in the episode, the episode can still be great. You know, just like you said, mm-hmm. that one. I love that episode, even though Sam's in it for ten seconds. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the lack of Sam. It's how they do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when the Sam that was there was not the Sam I I think I know. He did uh, not feel right at, at all. And, and also, speaking of him getting hit on the head a lot, it, <laughs> I know it's TV land and, and nobody's injuries or wounds are ever quite accurate, but... But, you know, if, if anybody follows football and, you know, multiple concussion syndrome, it has a long-term effect and a very serious one. And, and I know Sam's been, been healed quite a bit, but still, it's, 
you know, I mean, so there's been not only that, he's had multiple concussions over a season, and it can have an effect on not just his physical uh, being, but his psychological and and uh, emotional reactions to things. I mean, football players they've committed suicide because of uh, of that kind of syndrome. I know it's, it's TV land, but still, huh? Well, and not only that, I feel like. Um, Again, you like you said, this TV land, and this happens a lot, but the kind of blow to the head it takes to render you unconscious for a significant period of time mm-hmm. is, you know, you have to hit somebody at the right pressure at the right place. But any time, you know, it's, it's, it's become comical. And mm-hmm. while, this, while this show has funny moments in it, it's not a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to, um, same person, um, that MMP Muskie, she just got us a question that, again, was something I wanted to talk about as well. She said, how do you feel about Sam's apparent lack of interest in Dean getting the mark of Cain? That drove me nuts. Mm-hmm. That drove me absolutely bonkers because it was just, there was the one time where Dean didn't hem or haw, and Dean's really good about eventually telling Sam what's going on. This is probably the longest Dean's ever kept a secret from Sam. Um, he caves really easily, usually. But this time, mm-hmm. he needed the cave. Sam asked, and Dean ponied up. And Sam went, oh, okay. Biggest concern was he went on a hunt with Crowley. Can we talk about the mark permanently etched into your brother's forearm? Because that's a bit more serious. Cain, and the mark like of the first son. mark. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is a big deal. This is not like a stone burn. And so his his disinterest in it and his here you have, you know, again you talk about character um, established character traits, tropes, however you want to categorize it, but you have Sam the researcher going, oh, okay. And not <laughs> even thinking, you know, this and then even if he's mad at Dean, this could affect the world. I should probably crack open a file or two in that handy dandy man of letters or I live in. What? No, no, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, um, I've I've seen a different opinion on that on that moment. Um, and I don't I I can see their explanation, but I I don't really I don't think I quite agree with it and it's kind of funny because we usually agree a lot of things and I'm sorry to pick on her but I'm, I'm good I don't want to be, I want it to be a mystery because it's uh, it's fangasm and Lynn and their review of this episode mm-hmm. and she says at first she was very angry at Sam didn't seem to care about the Mark of Cain and she thought that distracted by Dean talking about hunting with Crowley and and Sam being angry because they don't the guys don't like each other hunting with somebody else, and that that sounds like it's like you know like a jealous boyfriend or something. And I, I think that's too easy to have that as an explanation. And I and I don't think it's correct. And no, I I think I I do think that Sam's issue was legitimate. Like you were you were hunting with Crowley. I think that's legitimate. Yeah. Um. I just think that being the extent of his reaction to it was yes really mm-hmm. it was it was I don't know if it was really out of character 
Because I think the beginning, not well, not the very beginning, but the opening to that scene with Sam walking into Garth's room, for all intents and purposes, the parallels with Sam and Dean are not only sibling, but they're often, you know, parent-child, and occasionally they mirror couple relationships, and I don't mean that in a, I just mean that in a reactionary way, you know, there is a joke that they break up every year, you know, they have their breakup moment. But it was played in a way, you know, when you first run into your ex after you break up. And I felt that outside of the, the that cliche or that trope, that felt genuine, that felt great. As the scene went on, I expected more out of the discussion they were having over Garth's body while he was unconscious because it was very similar to episode one, but, you know, here you have Sam conscious of what's going on, and this was an opportunity to kind of hash out consent issues when it comes to, like, medical consent. And now you just have Sam backhand Garth. Okay. Which, well, Here, funny. I thought that was, that was real weird. That was crazy. Yeah. It, it was funny because, you know, the type of character that Garth is and the size differential between Sam and Garth and the muscle density differential between Sam and Garth. <laughs> but it was weird. Like, since when does Sam was fall off his backhand, people? I will say that. And you know again, what? That doesn't wake you again, up out of a coma. That's just no, really no, no, he wasn't in a coma. He was just overly medicated, but he was not in a coma. Okay. According to the, I thought according he was in a script. medically induced no, coma. Yeah, well, Dean, said he was just, Dean said he was just on a lot of pain meds. Yeah, which uh, is different. Okay. Um, and again, I, I don't someone, know, I'm still not sure who, a smack is enough to, to, I was gonna to say, rouse somebody who, really medicated, but... Okay. Yeah, as someone who's had, um, who's been, you know, pumped full of painkillers to that level, at even smaller levels, you can backhand me all you want. And really, not mm. only am I not going to get up, even if I open my eyes, I can tell you right now, I don't care that you hit me. Just go away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I will say that. I will say that, again, it's sort of a, a writer criticism to a degree is, I think the best times that Adam has written Sam because he doesn't really write Sam much, but when he has, my favorite times that he's written Sam have been Sam without his soul. And, so and is, I, I, don't, I don't know if maybe that's a bit of a, a, a bleed in that way because I think he wrote Sam very well in Two and a Half Men, and I think in All Dogs Go to Heaven, I, I thought that version of Solo Sam was hilarious, and I thoroughly enjoyed the depiction. Um, mm-hmm. And even despite, you know, what, you know the, the mixed reviews regarding, like, like, a virgin, same thing. So I... You know, but then that's you know that's um, Sam's just kind of getting getting back on his feet after that after losing his soul. I do think that maybe if that's the kind of version that you identify with with Sam, then the backhand makes sense. But it was a very soulless Sam thing kind of 
kind of thing to yeah, do. Yeah, it was it was very much an, an, an ends justify the means. Like, yes, I'm going to hit my friend, but this is why. Hmm. My so. whole feeling about Sam in this episode is this: Sam basically said and did things that Sam never would say or do, um, especially that last scene, which we have to get into that in a few minutes, but. It was, I mean, it was not the Sam Winchester that we've known, we've grown to love, know and love over, the, you know, all these seasons. And the way I look at it is it's this, it's, this one episode overall sucked. I'll say it. <laughs> it sucked. And I fully expect Sam to be back to normal. Though, you know, he'll be saying and doing things that we expect him to say and do next week. I think it was all this episode, everything about this episode, <laughs> that's, and that's, I, I will say that every, every time I watch that last scene, because I've watched the episode all the way through a couple times, a few times, but there are certain scenes that I've rewatched multiple times throughout this, and one of them I will talk about in just a second because the line that drives me nuts. Um, I can interpret Sam's last line different ways. You know, the first time I watched it, it sounded like he was just saying, we'll never be brothers, get over it. But you can also interpret it as, I'm willing to work with you now without any ultimatum on that. But as far as us being the kind of brothers we were, that's going to take work. I'm not even saying time, I'm saying work. So there's different interpretations to it, and I will accept either one, because the fact of the matter is that the way it was written and the way it was directed and the way it was acted, there's no definitive answer to that. You, you can't just tell somebody, no, you're interpreting it wrong because there's nothing to indicate either way. And I don't know if that was on purpose or just a byproduct of all those things coming together. I'm not sure, really. But um, I will say I will say that I'm not going to... I think no matter how, you, how, that, how he meant it, my problem with it isn't what he could have meant. My problem was the the way it was written. Even if the results have been the same, where he's saying, like I will say, okay, even if he's saying we're not going to be brothers right now, this is going to take work, I feel like a more Sam Winchester kind of line would have been, we can do our job because the job is what matters, but I'm not ready to deal with this and I'm not ready to talk about this yet because mm-hmm. I, do think it's a very, I do think it's a very Sam thing that Sam tends to want to say, let's talk. And when he says let's talk, he means you tell me what you're thinking and feeling. But in reality, Sam himself, he tends to avoid and run and not deal. So I can totally feel him saying, I'm not ready to deal with this right now. However, leaving it so open-ended and then... Having, and I can interpret this two ways too, having Dean just acquiesces to it, you can take two ways. One, like Dean is being accepting of Sam's terms. But on the other hand, indicative of this past couple seasons, especially, of, of Dean's personality anyway, but especially these past two seasons, is that very much that idea of as long as your physical presence is next to me, I don't care what our relationship is as long as your body is, is animated and moving and in my cipher of being. Because mm-hmm. if someone told me, 
yeah, we can work together, but we're not really going to be, like, friends or siblings while we're doing it, I'd be kind of taken aback and say, you know, how how effective are we going to be then? Yeah, I took it to be, you know, as Dean was, Dean agreeing to it was, at least he'll be with me, and we can yeah. maybe we work we can work on it. And but here's my other and here's my other issue. Whose Dodge was that? Whose cherry ass car was that that Sam left behind? No, I I just assumed he stole another car. You can't steal a car like that if you're Sam Winchester though. Like you can steal a Pinto. You can steal a POS. You can steal a Beater. You you cannot steal a classic cherry Dodge like that because somebody who's been working on that car their whole life, I can guarantee, oh, that's an all-point bulletin for that Grand Theft Auto right there. Oh, no. And Sandwich, not only is Sam, like, okay, he's technically legally dead. He has no legal driver's license, no insurance, no registration. The last time he was visible in the public eye, he was a serial killer. Before that, he was wanted by the FBI and dead. And he's currently impersonating a federal agent. How about you not steal a high-profile vehicle? Just, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. That's just one of the many criticisms I have with this episode. <laughs> Here's my other one, because, again, these are surface issues. Because um, I have one that's really, really big that's just I've been complaining to Becky about for days now. But my other one is when, when um, Bess's stepmom lays out her whole plan, Sam says, you're going to frame their murders on me. What is that line? You either say you're going to pin the murders on me or you're going to frame them, frame me for these murders. But you're going to frame their murders on me? All I pictured was like Sam standing against a wall with a wooden frame with corpses <laughs> nailed to it around him. And I... I keep trying to say it. Every time I say it, it doesn't even flow naturally from my mouth. I'm like, how did Jared not go, whoa, whoa, whoa? And not only that, about that scene was he had been unconscious for most of it. She had already said all that. So she's going yes. to. She'd already said that she's going to shoot, she's going to kill Garth and Bess and frame Sam for their murders. Then Sam wakes up and they have the whole discussion again. And it's like, what? And what? Actually, why? Short-term amnesia. And the way the yeah, the way the dialogue is structured, the first couple times I watched that scene, it sounds like she's saying that Garth killed Beth, not Sam. It's it's the whole dialogue is structured really strangely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's like, and like I was talking about, they, they, you know, they could have, they should have only had the discussion once about framing Sam for their death. Why did you have to do it twice? <laughs> you know, wait, mm-hmm. you know, there was no purpose in Sam being unconscious if they're just going to say it all again when he wakes up. There was no purpose in that. Mm-hmm. And all oh, the werewolf continuity. Oh my God! Oh, <laughs> and, my God. And, and in all fairness, yeah, in all fairness to to Adam, um, 
and Susan, before you even watched the episode, we had you on the on the on the, on the text for it. Class, <laughs> not Winchester, by the way. <laughs> fairness to Adam. Yeah, there is no like, fairness like, for Adam Winchester. <laughs> He's stuck in hell. No, but, but like here, here's like this is an episode where Becky and I literally didn't care how much we spoiled Susan for it. <laughs> like no, listen to us complain. We know you haven't seen it yet. We're not going to warn for spoilers. We're not going to take you out of the group text. Just deal with it. <laughs> and I was okay with that. <laughs> but we kept trying to rationalize the werewolf lore, and every time I would rationalize it, it would create a new hole. And I, I know, I know that Adam defended it by saying that he felt like after nine years we needed a new lore, and I have to respectfully disagree with that because, and I, I said this on Twitter, so I, I you know, I already, I, I already said it, but. I said it on my personal account, so that's different. But, you know, Joss Whedon and company kept their lore straight for 12 total seasons, three or four showrunners, and he got complete, you know, complete divergence as far as location and feel of a show, and yet the actual core of the lore, kind of core of the lore, stayed the same. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having respect for the source material. Mm. And, yeah. And like, I, you know, he, there were some things, you know, okay, we learned in Bitten that werewolf, oh, pure blood werewolves up to the fourth generation can turn at any time, mm-hmm. and they don't, uh, they don't black out. Which because previous to that, you know, that we learned in Heart that Madison and the other vampire guy, they didn't remember being uh, other werewolf guy. They didn't being were, remember being werewolf. So I have two issues with that. I guess that the, the first one I'll say no, but you're gonna, I know what you're going to say. No, I know what you're going to say that, that their, gener- their generations were right, but no, but you're wrong. You're still wrong. No, you're you're even more wrong. Listen, genetics. First thing is, and the first thing I'll say is, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in Bitten it says, basically like on or around the lunar cycle, they can change at will. Yeah, before, during, after. Okay, we have no idea at what point in the lunar cycle this episode takes place. But I will, for the sake of argument, say it, it occurs on or around, or around the lunar cycle. Okay. However, Bess is not a pure-blood werewolf. Her father and her mother were bitten. She was born a werewolf, and her father was super stoked about it. But that's not how pure-blood works. So, no, genetics. Oh, I completely agree with you. It's another it, – I, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. Okay. It, well, the last time I, I was about it, we were both like, oh, okay, we're wrong. Oh, no, and I was like, I watched it again today. And <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, it's like but I was gonna give them the benefit of the doubt and and say, Okay, if those you know, that counts. Okay, that counts. Okay, fine, then all right, fine, they can change at will, whatever. Garth should not be able to. Garth and he was fully. And he yeah, he there he was changing when he got mad about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. In the basement. Yep. He should not have been able right. to change. No. And he wasn't bitten by Bess. No. So you can't even say. Exactly. 
And so, so even if you give them the benefit of the doubt that their definition of pure blood is 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 uh, is correct in the supernatural verse, which it's not, but even if you <laughs> give them the, the benefit of the doubt, Garth should still not have been able to change at will. Yeah. Right. Now, there, there were holes. Speaking of the episode bitten, why was there not even one reference to Dean letting, I forgot her name, Amy? No, the werewolf not Amy, but I can't remember her name. Anyway, he, he uh, let her, he Catherine let her go. And this, was a, this was a case. This would have been like a perfect op- opportunity to to recall that he took a chance and let her go as he promised not to do. And it would have been a great way for them to mention it in the context of this family. She could have perhaps found a home with them. They could have seen her in passing. And if they don't want to, like, bring her into that, if it's too much of a stretch, why not have Dean and Sam or Sam talk about the werewolf they let go and take a chance? You exactly. Know, bring, bring that in. Yeah, her her name well, is Kate. I looked it up. Kate, yeah. And they let her go because she said she would not hurt anybody, and right. that she would only she would only kill animals. So they decided not to try and catch her. Yet in this episode, you have Garth, who they know he's one of their friends, basically saying the same thing, and they have problems with it. Not only that, it's it's such a step backwards as far as especially Dean. Because we've already established that Dean no longer sees creatures or humans in black and white anymore. Mm-hmm. So suddenly, you know, after after really putting a vampire on the top tier of friendship last year and giving him brother status during Southern Comfort, or better than brother status, let's take it a step further... Which wasn't that an Adam Glass episode too? Which one? That's not that? Southern Comfort. Okay. Is, I'm pretty sure. I. I I'll, look it up. I'll look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's an Adam Glass episode too. Anyway, um, you know, you have Dean putting his complete and total friendship and trust in a vampire, and yet suddenly, when he has a friend that he already knows that he's already trusted with the life of their pro- of their prophet, then he's distrusting of it, of Garth. Yes, Adam Glass wrote that episode, yeah. So, again, that's, that's, you know, that's your own lore, really. That's your own source material. I have to question why there was a need to take that step back. Mm-hmm. And another thing I had a problem with was... Garth, you know, being so happy to finally have a family and all this stuff. He had that. He had that. He had a family. Oh, my God, that made me crazy. And it was a found family as well because the woman he was dating had her own kids. They were not his kids. So it was a found family as well. And party on Garth, there was a huge thing where he talked about, you know, he's got a family to go home to and everything. And guess what? Adam Glass wrote that episode as well. Yeah, he's literally making the same point. He's literally making the same point in two episodes, yet for some reason this one's a fresh perspective somehow. Mm. Uh, Yeah, it's like, Uh, you know, 
we were, I remember the podcasts were partying on Garth. We were so happy to hear that Garth was a settled down hunter. He had the family life and was hunting. And yeah, we were like, yay, there's finally a real example, a real something, a little bit of hope for Dean and Sam. I said, said, what an example he's setting. He can hunt and he can let it go and go home and have a family. He went in the spa with his girlfriend and and, uh, have the twins and he used to use Mr. Fizzles to talk to the twins, the kids, and oh my God, and right out of the window. Yeah, despite the fact that I have really big issues whenever they tell me this is a hunter and then this is their their civilian life because I think it's so very irresponsible of a hunter to try to do that. Um, But nevertheless, it was established and it's canon, so I'll deal with it. Um, One of the things that I did actually like was I liked that Garth tells Dean that he was embarrassed. That he didn't call them because he was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really poignant and really in character for Garth because Garth, despite the fact that you know Garth did prove himself to Sam and Dean, Garth is a, Garth, Garth? <laughs> I don't think Garth is oblivious to how Sam and Dean initially viewed him. Um and prejudged him. So for him to be wary of admitting a a misstep like that, I thought that was really, I thought that was really well, I thought that was really well done. Um, Mm -hmm. I also will have to say that I, you know, I I liked Garth. Uh, You know, he, I, I really liked the character. I thought he, you know, I love that he had, you know, his own theme music when he would come into scenes, you know, previously, and mm-hmm. I, I, I really liked him. And I thought this episode was a disservice to Garth. I mean, you know, he's a werewolf now. Mm. What's going to happen to Garth now? Because the, the only way I can see B.J. Qualls and Garth coming back to the show is either to kill him or they're going to somehow come up with a werewolf cure. Other than that, mm-hmm. I don't see him ever coming back on the show because he's a werewolf. And I liked him. And mm-hmm. I just thought, oh, I, I really don't... I and here's the I thing. Really, I Those really are the don't two like I... they turned him into a werewolf. No, and, and, and DJ Paul gave an interview that was released right before this episode came out where he did say like this felt like closure for the character for him. Mm-hmm. Which you know, he, we know that he has the role in the jet. We know that in order for him to do this episode, a lot of things were shifted both yeah. on supernatural and legit in order to have this episode, right? Um, right. You know, hit the screen. So there is a really big possibility that this is it for Garth. What's going to really, was... really upset me? What's going to really upset me? And it was implied within the episode is if they bring Garth back and he can shift at will. It's going to really upset me. I and would rather, if, if Garth wasn't, so, you know, if, if DJ can't come back to the show, which I totally understand because it's great that he's got the, uh, you know, legit is doing really well and I'm very happy for him. Mm-hmm. But I would, I would rather us know that Garth is out there hunting with his, you know, and he has the girlfriend and he's playing Del Biv DeVoe, you know, in his car mm-hmm. and all that. I, I would rather that be out there than us knowing that he's a werewolf. 
And and I think what this did was this took all the levity that we had of Garth before, like you said, you know, he had a very a very compartmentalized way of dealing with hunting. And he didn't have, we don't know what his story was really, but he didn't have that gruff doom and gloom kind of thing that every other hunter we've encountered has had, that they either lost a, a spouse, a child, whatever, a, a sibling, whatever it is. It's just, this. you can feel the the grief radiating off of them, and he didn't. And so it was really refreshing to have a hunter that wasn't just bogged down in his negativity about the job. Exactly, exactly. And yet we have, yeah. this is kind of redconning it. We're, we're, we're kind of being told, like, no, he did have this gaping hole that this family filled, yet his other found family didn't fill and whatever. And, and, and he had also stepped in and was doing Bobby's things, you know, taking the calls for Bobby. Yeah. Well, I, I, can, and I, can, I can kind of hand wave that away with the fact that what's the thing that's actually replaced Bobby is the Men of Letters bunker. And what are you going to do, have the Men of Letters bunker and guards? Eh, but little overkill. But see, the other the other hunters out in the world don't have access to the Men of Letters bunker. But right. They had and he was and, Bobby and he and was Garth. like answering the phone to be like you know the boss at the FBI and right. the bunker now, can't now, can't do that. And I just like that he stepped up to take Bobby's. Not to take his exact place, but to do what Bobby used to do. There was a there was a hole to fill the hole missing in the community. Yeah, and and he stepped up, and it was out of respect to Bobby, but it was something that he saw needed to done. Took over, and actually was doing very well. And this was taken that was taken away from him about this. He and and I don't know. I just I I disagree with how Garth was characterized in this episode and that's just one reason. Yeah, it was... There were, uh, I hesitate to say what I'm about to say, but it, it was a disservice to the character, I feel. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing I want to <laughs> bring up, yeah, we'll use that, we'll use that phrase. What I want to bring up is and I, I get this as as a writer, and a lot of writers do it, where you have one thing that you you have a line you ha- want to say, or you have a point you want to make, or a statement you want to make, and you're so glued to it that you can't, you either don't notice or you refuse to fix what's around it. So we have Reverend Jim knowing Dean is there, and specifically saying. I know you're there. I can hear your heart beating. You still sound nervous. For all these years, you still get nervous. And I get the point that's trying to make. It's trying to make the point of Dean is still, he still has doubts about things. He still hesitates. He still gets nervous. He's not, he still has a humility about the job, really, because he understands that he's not invincible, much much in a way to parallel what the werewolves were saying with the silver bullets around their necks. Okay, I accept that. So then, how did he sneak up on Russ before he stabbed Russ? 
Rush should have been able to hear his erratic heartbeat a mile, actually, technically, as a wolf, four to six miles away. And mm-hmm. despite the fact that he's covering his scent using Russ's jacket, Bess's stepmom should have been able to hear his heartbeat. So again, you could have been able point, to, but then, he should have been able to differentiate between the scents as well. Well, no, the jacket is masking his scent. So what? again, I'll accept that. I'll accept that the jacket was masking Dean's scent. I'll accept that. I won't accept the auditory mistake. I, I don't disagree with that. I agree with that. But I also think as well a, a wolf and a dog can differentiate between so many scents no matter how much they're covered up with different things. He would have he would have had the scent of the werewolf, but he would have been able to tell Dean was underneath that. Maybe it would have taken him mm-hmm. a step longer to help, but I I think he could have told that as well. I also didn't think that, I know he said Dean's heartbeat was nervous. I'm more inclined to think it was just the adrenaline of the hunt. I don't think Dean gets Yeah, no, whether nervous. it's nervous. He's saying it's nervous, and Dean, Dean, Dean concurs with that. He says, yes. At that point, he doesn't even know Sam's in danger or Sam's missing. By the time he gets there and he's killing Russ and infiltrating the barn, He's worried about Sam's safety. Mm -hmm. So you can't tell me that his heartbeat is steady at that point. Mm -hmm. So again, it was a really, a really awesome point to make that in the initial statement of it with with the reverend. But Mm -hmm. you either you either have to shift one or you have to shift the other. Which. I don't know how you would have done it, but you know you could have had him say, "I can smell your, I can smell your, I can smell that you're sweating. I can smell that you're nervous," mm-hmm. and have the same dialogue, and then have that the jacket is masking his scent. And I will accept, I will head canon that the wind was blowing the scent downwind, and Russ would notice it. I'll accept mm-hmm. all that when you make it specifically something auditory, and then later use the excuse that it's olfactory. It doesn't work for me. And speaking of Reverend Jim, Reverend <laughs> Jim. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pastor Jim. We already have a Pastor Jim. Why did this mm-hmm. Reverend have to be a Jim? What was wrong with Steve? Or, or <laughs> 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 Reverend Steve. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. It made me crazy when they first said it. Like, what? No. And I'll be honest, I didn't notice until until Becky said it, and she literally had to say it like that for me. She went, Reverend Jim. I was like, "Uh uh-huh. She was like, Reverend Jim. And I was like, Jim, why are you you yelling at me emphatically? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that bugged me, too. And when she said I was like, "Uh yeah. I kept yeah. thinking, like, is there a movie reference I'm not getting? What, what, what's in the, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah I, was thinking, like, um, I was thinking, like, Reverend Jim Jones kind of thing, and I was like, oh. Because I, that was kind of the the reason I thought that Adam went with Reverend Jim, like the whole Jim Jones kind of thing, but. Mm. I and I thought of Taxi. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, that works too. <laughs> Lloyd, that's that's good. Well, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, and I was thinking Jim Jones because of the whole, you know, John Tom, and mm-hmm. this is kind of creepy. Yeah. This is creepy, oh, creepy. Yeah. So, and yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I, 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 I've never been a huge fan of, and that's, this is a personal thing because I know some people really dig it. So this is not something I'm saying is a problem within the episode or anything, so it's something that kind of I'm over as a, as a media consumer, I guess. But, um, you know, the, the hippy-dippy family that's, that's oh, well, we have to be suspicious of them because they're way too nice to be real. Okay. And, you know, every every family that's a you know, wholesome family looks like it's still 1980-whatever and Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I liked your comment in the in your recap of oh. you straight from the Sears and Robot catalog from 1981. Yes, yes they did. Yes, they did. Yes. Uh, I, I I I have to say that my only good part I felt in this whole entire episode was Dean's beard. I love Dean's beard. <laughs> He can, uh, he can keep that forever. I, you know, even, I don't care mm-hmm. if it means he's sad. I don't care as long as he's that pretty. He can keep the beard. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I really liked it. It's I mean, very handsome on him. Not, I don't like beards on a lot of guys. They just don't work. But it really worked on Jensen, and I like that it comes in red, a little bit red, ginger. Yes, I, I do enjoy the ginger handsome. beard. And I made I made a couple jokes about the beard in my recap, and somebody was like, "I'm sorry, but I like the beard." And I was like, "Oh, don't get me wrong, I love the beard. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna make fun of it, but I like it." <laughs> um, yes, the, the ginger beard makes me super happy. Although it's one of those things where I have this weird disconnect because I'm going, "Well, if Jensen has to have a beard now, what's he gonna do in his hiatus? Because isn't that how he breaks away from Dean?" I'm super confused. So you know, way too involved mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. He's going to grow Maybe a he'll shave his head. Well, he grew a mustache. Well, you know, like when Maybe he was that mustache for that was, or was it Gibcon, I think, that he had the, the goatee? That was a little weird for me because that was like um, when you have like the evil alter ego in like cheesy movies and it's oh, supposed yeah. to be like, yeah. you're the evil one because you have a goatee. <laughs> so it was like evil Jensen for me. Like, you're clearly <laughs> evil Jensen. So we'll see. I could... I hope he does go ahead about mustache. Like, dear Jensen, listen to our podcast and grow ahead about mustache. Thank you. <laughs> and then, so that was my favorite thing about the episode. And then, the thing that I <laughs> oh, hated dear. the most in a in an episode full of things that I hated, but the episode, the thing that I hated the most was what Sam said about the church scene and sacrifice. That scene, yeah. That, so much. It was such an emotional scene. It meant so much to Sam and Dean at that time. It meant so much to the fans. Mm-hmm. And for him to say what he did, you know, it's basically Not like only that. that. Not only that. And I say this as someone who, you know, it's never a secret that Sam Winchester is my favorite. I've never made that a secret. I've, as much as I love Dean. Like Dean, I'm a Sam fan. Dean and I have that in common. But Sam needs to take responsibility for his own actions to a degree. Like, 
Yes, Dean gave a compelling argument and sacrifice. And Sam chose to live. He chose Dean and he chose to live. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. same thing Cass told him last week. You and, you and Dean chose each other. And then in the season premiere, yes, Dean, Gadriel, whatever. Oh, sidebar, before I forget this, they said Gadriel instead of Gadriel again, and I'm really happy about that. Uh, that. That was driving me nuts in the last couple episodes. So, yes, apparently his name's Gadriel again, and that, that pleased with me greatly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can actually say it. Yeah. Uh, whether, you know, whether it was whoever, you know, however you want to interpret it or however Jensen says, you know, it was actually Gadriel, whatever. Sam saw Dean. That compelling argument, as far as Sam is concerned in his head, was given by Dean. Mm-hmm. And once again, Sam chose Dean. He chose to live mm-hmm. and he chose Dean. You ha- he has to take responsibility for those choices. Mm-hmm. Because he could have said no either one of those times, and he didn't. Whether it was fear, love, whatever, you chose life, you chose Dean. You have to own yes. that. You have to own that. You can't blame Dean for a decision you made. You can blame Dean for the decisions he made for you, but you can't blame him for your own decisions. That's right. And so that was that was my big problem about that because not only does it does it mm-hmm. wreck on those emotions, but it it shifts. I don't I don't want to say the blame it because con, it, it retcons Sam Winchester. Yes. Sam would never say those things. Mm-hmm. And Sam is somebody who, in the past, has taken responsibility for his choices. You know, he drank the demon blood, right. and like you said, I, I'm a whole new level of freak. I'm just trying to take this and make something good out of it. And then mm-hmm. you can see him fly when he's going to jump into the cage, and it's his choice, his decision, and it's up to Dean to back his play. Yeah, that uh, yeah. was very upsetting. I was like, Sam, no, no, this is, it's not right. You you chose. You you listened to Dean, and you believed what he said. You believed in him. You chose him, and you're lumping that in with the whole yeah, thing was that, being yeah. taken by Gadriel, and, and, and yes, but for all intents and purposes, you said yes to Dean again. You had no idea, so go with for, that. For, for, the, for, and for sacrifice and sacrifice choosing to stop and choosing to live and leave the gates of hell open, that was Sam's choice. I completely agree with that. Not in and have and putting the words into Sam Winchester's mouth where he's saying differently. I don't. I do not like, and I don't think that Sam would say that. And mm-hmm. but and and so I'm. I, he should not be blaming Dean for that. No. But for being possessed by Gadriel, Gadriel, however they're pronouncing it this week, <laughs> um, it was that that he should be upset with. And mm-hmm. I am so. I'm totally. I'm very happy for him for standing up about that. And letting Dean know how he feels about that, but he totally did it the wrong. He 
went about it the wrong way. He said things that he would never have said. And I understand we in real life, we say when we're upset, we say things that we don't mean. I know I've heard, you know, I've said things to my husband, my best friend, you know, to you guys, I'm sure, when I've been upset and I didn't mean them. But everyone does. That's not the way this this played out. And, again, I'm just choosing to ignore everything that happened in this episode because I think (laughs) it's just a horrible, sucky episode, and none of it will matter next week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope I – for next week, despite promo images, I – my expectations of the actual story and episode are not terribly high, I'm sad to say. But <laughs> it's going to have its moments. <laughs> I mean, it's it's totally worth it just to see Dean in the hairnet and Sam in shorts and a tank top. I mean, hey, I'll be I'll yeah. sit for an hour of that with a sucky, you know, with 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 werewolves turning yeah. at will. And you know, if if in this episode Sam and Dean were wearing shorts and tank tops, and still with everything, we'll look a lot episode, better. I, I would I would I, I would love it. It'd be one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, and I tell you, Dean can rock that hairnet. Jensen actually makes that hairnet look good, and that is not easy. <laughs> like, how do no, you do that? Not. Next week, and if you're if you're listening and you're spoiler phobe, you know don't don't listen. But Susan, I know you watch Sex Files. Does it not look and sound exactly like the episode Too Shy? Totally. I was it, like, it, I've, I've seen that episode. Yeah. It was on the X Files. And people are, people have been comparing it to um, uh, some other recent new show. I forget. Um, but anyways, I'm like, no, X Files did that back in 1995. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And again, even though I hated the episode and pretty much everything about it, I love the crew and the cast. Adam Glass, we've met in person. He's a lovely man. And, I, you know, nothing against him or anything. I just really did not like this episode. And that I usually find the good. I try to find the good in every episode. And I, I know, mm. and I, I try not to be negative. I try to stay positive with everything. But there's too much about this episode that I just can't. Yeah, I just have to. I have to let it out. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny, are you back? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have something I was going to say. I was going to say that oh, a lot of a lot of shows have done like this both. I mean, we have Doctor Who with the adipose. Yeah, that's the episode everybody mm-hmm. keeps comparing. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, it's it's a common trope, you know. We talked about you know Sinner and Slender Man. With Doctor Who and with Adipose, it was basically little aliens that were doing mm-hmm. it. Whereas in the X Files episode, there was a guy sucking their fat out of their bodies. <laughs> and so it's like, 
that sounds like pretty much what's going to happen next week. I'm not sure, but that sounds a lot like it. There are some being in relation to this episode. Because, you know, there were things about this episode. I don't remember. Eve Gordon, who played the stepmom, I thought she did a great job. Oh, I she was, that's what it was. She was fantastic. Mm. I, I'm used to her always playing, you know, the good mom on things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, I loved her on um, um, the, the sitcom that so should not have been canceled but was, The Bitch in Apartment 23. Yes. She, she was um, the mom of one of the girls in Apartment 23. Not the bitch, but the blonde. And <laughs> great on there. I loved her on there. And then to see her play this completely evil character on here, I thought she did great, great job. Oh, yeah, she was fantastic. And then, you know, like, like you, I'm used to think her in very, you know, either nice or neutral type of roles. And she really did turn on a dime in this. And it was really, you know, a really mm-hmm. credit to her. And she did fantastic with Yeah, I did not see that coming. Uh, and that's one thing. I, I give them, there we go. There's a good thing right there. Uh, I, I, there's I a did. Twist. Okay, there's I a did. twist that I did not see coming. <laughs> on, on rewatch, I was like, oh, it's a, I should have got it right there at the door when she was seen. She mentioned she's yeah, a stepmom. Yeah, the minute she <laughs> says, stepmom, but that just sounds so silly. And I was like, oh, you're the evil one. Yeah. <sighs> yep. On rewatch, I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. I should have caught that. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of like the family and everything, why? Oh, the, the the scene at the table when they're eating at the table. Why? Why are some of them eating like heathens, and then you have like Reverend Jim eating delicately with his knife and fork, and then Beth is somewhere in between, like tearing it apart with her hands <laughs> and still eating delicately. I didn't like that. I really, like, there was no need for that. And really, I, I had trouble watching it. And I'm not someone who flinches at gore. I watch really gross movies. Like, I watch the kind of horror movies that are really not good, but, like, you know, if you're slashing, if you're someone that's Achilles tendon so that they can't get away, I'm all for that. Like, I love oh, the Saw. No. I love, like, I love the Saw series. I don't flinch really easily. Well, see, and I, this, I, I, I did I did kind of have to look away. And hmm. I'm completely opposite. Oh, my God. I cannot watch the Saw movies or anything. And when Jared's character gets his tendon clipped in the, um, all the movies, in House of Wax. Curry. Yeah, House of Wax. I cannot I watch that. that. But yet, <laughs> I had no trouble watching the dinner scene at all. <laughs> yeah, no. I, yeah, I, I, I just like, thought it was dorky. Like, the only, yeah, only place I draw the line is, like, gross for no reason, like human centipede. I'm not going to do that. I tried oh, to watch no. it. It wasn't even that it grossed me out. I was like, this is just bleh. I don't like to <laughs> gross things. If there's blood and gore, I'm fine. I'm good. Mm-hmm. This was just, this, there was something about this that was just kind of, that was really revolting to me and not in a horror way. And i like, this is a necessarily gross humor kind of way. Like, oh. <laughs> I did. And, I did and, laugh. And I did get a chuckle out of the fact that they cooked Dean's dinner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was the only one. Like, and there was I, potato, I, I, there was potato and corn as well. He had a steak, yeah. potato, and corn. <laughs> okay, but then, so you're telling? Do they do they eat other foods? Because apparently, the stepmom makes the best pie and 
The badger's tail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they yeah, eat pie, but not not corn. And also, they were eating other things besides hearts. And everything mm-hmm. they served mm-hmm. it on something. It looked like bread or something. I don't know. Maybe it's to stop up, stop up the blood. There were, I saw eyeballs on one of those plates. At least there was something round. It looked like eyeballs. I'm hoping uh, it was something else. But, which um, doesn't go with what the, what the farmer was saying, was, that... The lore that we have more, plus what the farmer said. The farmer said that it was just the insides. And the previous before this episode, werewolves only took the heart. Yeah. And but this farmer said that it was pretty much... Well, Sam makes the point to say eviscerated, which eviscerated literally means like your intestine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, another thing with changing the werewolf continuity. <sighs> um, I kind, I kind of like the idea of the silver bullets the way the family is doing it. The whole like it reminds us of a fragility thing. I, and I'm sure they're already being sold on Etsy as we speak. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there's a Ragnarok uh, bullet sold every two minutes for the next couple of weeks. Oh, I don't know what I was going to say. What do you think of the whole Asgardian aspect, you know, and and Loki and I'm like, what, what the heck? No, <laughs> you know? I, will, I will maintain what I said in my recap. You can throw all the Marvel lore at me. I'm a DC girl. Uh, I go with Batman every time. Dean is Batman. Batman wins. DC trumps Marvel. Loki's fine. Because I do feel, while it's legitimate Norse mythology, I know that. However, the, uh, the current hype regarding Thor and Loki and Odin is very much due to Marvel uh, and the Avengers, so... And also, Odin is dead. In Hammer the Gods episode, Lucifer killed him. That's right. (laughs) Well, you know, we pray to, you know, people pray to gods that may or may not be dead. You don't know. Apparently, apparently, stepmom doesn't, hasn't been up on the times. Sam and Dean could have given her some information about her own religion. Yes, it'd be like, you know what, you're... Odin, yeah, done, over it. Um, no, but I remember what my problem was. Okay, so Garth is trying to wolf out. He's he's 97% unsuccessful about it. Why didn't Bess wolf out? She can wolf out at will, according to this episode. Why did she just sit there in her chains all passive? Another good question. So many yeah, questions. Other question. Is it no answer. she's a woman? <laughs> Why did she wolf out and try to save her husband as opposed to vice versa? Don't know. Oh, I did think of a good thing about that scene. I loved that Sam kicked the gun out of her hand. Yeah, I did like that. Ginormous long legs to kick the gun out of her hand. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, but you think they've learned to tie those legs together. 
<laughs> That's what I had said. As I said, the man is six, nearly six foot five, and majority leg. And we're not going to tie those down. No, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, good thing because he could have easily kicked her in the. He could have easily kicked her in the face too. I yeah. love when he fights with his legs. One of my all-time favorite scenes is in um, All Hell Breaks Loose when he, him, and Jake are having the fight in the little fenced-in area, and he's hurt his arm, and so he has to fight with his legs. And he, and, oh, I love that scene. Love it. Yeah, mm. I like that. And he had That's both legs, so he could have used both of them to her over and do a lot more than kick the gun out of her hand. You know, another scene that I. I hate, and it's such a little thing, but I just, I it made me insane watching it. I couldn't take another verse of bringing in the sheaves. Oh, my God, this <laughs> went on forever. Oh, my God. Uh, well, that was, I guess that was the whole point, because you, you can feel Dean being really annoyed with it, too. Uh, and not just in a, I, this is not something I'm into, but. <laughs> it never ended. I was like, stop. Yeah, it's like, stop. I know. <laughs> Are, are there seriously no other words to that song? <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God. I know. Like, shut up. <laughs> and and oh. being, Catholic, being Catholic, I was not familiar with bringing in the sheaves anyway. So I thought there was, like, a hidden joke that I wasn't getting. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's a Protestant thing. That would be why I'm completely oblivious to it. Yeah, I had no idea that was a real song. Which, again, oh, yeah. makes no sense. What makes no sense when he says we're more spiritual than religious. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Reverend Jim. Yeah, right, exactly. It's a, Bringing in the Sheets is a pretty Christian song. And Yes. Then to say, oh, we're more spiritual, it's like that completely contradicts what you just did in the previous scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. This episode is just killing me. <laughs> it, it has issues. Its issues has issues. Boy. And, again, for if you're just joining us and you hear us complaining a lot, it's because we love this show so much that when we get stuff that has problems, it's like it. Well, and and that's the that's the problem I guess you run into as a writer that you have to keep in mind. And I think especially that you know we're on like our our third generation of writers really here, in the second two and a half whatever. That it's. You have to be really, really, really familiar with your source material because your fans are, especially mm-hmm. with genre TV and especially with Supernatural. I mean, we're not, we don't get the, the descriptions for our fandom for no reason. They're there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we yeah. are a very invested group and we've seen the episodes countless times. We talk about them. We write about them. Um, you know, for us, just us alone, the show in some capacity takes up a decent portion of each each of our day, seven days. Mm-hmm. And that's not even including the stuff we just do for fun. And I use air quote fun because sometimes fun is super serious and it's not even fun. But um, 
But that's that's my point. We take it really seriously, and we're very familiar with things that most of the stuff that we are, you know, comparing it to, we're pulling up from, you know, from Mm -hmm. surface knowledge that we already have. There's some things we're like, am I right about that? Let me double-check that. But we know what episodes you've, you've written. We know what happened in this one. We know what happened in that one. We know it's you have to be careful mm-hmm. and because we're a scary bunch. Yep. And for me, it's like, you know, you have this, any writer, and, and not even asking anybody, but you have the an, an entire wealth of knowledge, like, literally right at your fingertips at your keyboard if you if you if you google it if you just google werewolf war in supernatural yeah plenty of information you, comes up if you google google werewolf episode supernatural it's going to give you a, a list of all the episodes that supernatural has ta- touched upon mm-hmm. with werewolf i know this because i just did this to make sure that i wasn't looking like the jerk by criticizing something that had been explained to me previously, and I was not wrong on any of them. But, mm-hmm. you know, and then I went, okay, heart, supernatural heart transcript, enter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bitten, supernatural transcript. Okay, every single werewolf episode I did that for. Yeah, it's and I really did easy multiple to... episodes in season six just to double check alpha lore in general. Yeah, so it's all there for it's you. Very easy and to fact check for yourself. Really, really yeah. easy. So, and and I know there's only so much time in a day, and being a television employee, but that's what you have writers assistants is for. Very difficult, but you have writers assistants and all sorts of ways and it doesn't take that it doesn't take that you're at your computer anyway open up another browser window you know and and just throw it in there so it took me it took me probably to go through each transcript because you're not obviously reading the entire story you're scanning Mm -hmm. um all told if i would have added it up instead of like i said you know getting bored and walking away a bunch of times it took me maybe 45 minutes to do all of it. All of the research I needed to do my recap took me probably, if I added it up, an hour tops. Mm-hmm. And I did that without a paycheck. Nobody pays me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's, but again, like, again, you know, like, like it, you said, we met Adam, and Adam's a great guy. So this is not like a personal thing, because I probably, to be perfectly honest, I'm probably giving the episode more of the benefit of the doubt because it's Adam, rather than the other way around. I love this tweet be, because, because, I, because um, I do love Adam so much <laughs> as a person and as a writer. I think there's lines and and episodes that he's done that I really, really, really have liked. Even if I may not agree with parts of them, I like them. 
the episode with Henry Winchester and it introducing the men of letters. One of the, you wrote one that. of the best episodes. Yeah, one of the best Ever. episodes in the one show best, history. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, um, it's an amazing episode. And he wrote that. And he's a great writer. It's just mm-hmm. that this episode, I just had so many problems with it. And, it's again, it's not anything personal. I Like we said, Adam's a great guy. It's just, just out of nine seasons to come up with one that we have a ton of problems with. I think that that's a pretty big that's a pretty big compliment to the show, I think. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do have to I have to laugh real quick at um Lorraine L Y R A I N just tweeted to us and said, I was thinking this was a test to see if we really know our stuff. I love that <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I pronounced the, the entire yeah, the entire <laughs> they were just testing us to see if we really do know all of our supernatural trivia. <laughs> you guys say you watch the episodes over and over again. Do you really? Do you really? Yeah. Mm. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. we'll, put, we'll make an episode with everything completely wrong and see if you catch it. <laughs> um, I thought of something I I liked about this episode. Um, I always like instances of smart dean and there's definitely some smart dean here about the good sheriff that's actually a bad sheriff and he got dean out there with the fresh kill that was even that dean knew was even fresher than even the sheriff yeah. was saying it was so i thought that was that was pretty cool that's that's a good moment i, I like smart and dean how, so i agree how about when he threw the knife and Ooh, killed the that, guy. Oh, that was yeah. awesome. That, well, that all was of badass. Dean's kills. All of Dean's kills. And I, I, I do think that's obviously, you know, from this leading up to um, the Mark of Cain. Mm-hmm. But um, his, his kills were super clean, super efficient. And yeah, I, I, I dig that. Very badass. Badass. That and, yeah, my my mom said something earlier. We were talking about something. We were talking about Dean. And I said, well, I like when they remember that Dean is smart. And I mentioned, you know, that he knew the lore off the top of his head. Because you get a lot of Sam kind of explaining things to Dean. And I always feel like, you know, you hunted on your own multiple times throughout your adult life. You should know a good degree of this. But whatever. And she's like, oh, yeah, Dean's really handy. And I said, no, no, no. Building an ENF meter out of a Walkman and rebuilding your car from the skeletal structure is not handy. Handy is <laughs> nailing a picture to the wall. Dean's a freaking genius. Yeah. Mm. One of my favorite moments is when Sam tells him that he's not a grunt. Yeah. He's a genius. I love that. Right? Yeah, well, that's one of my favorite moments, too. Well, awesome. That was pretty I, I think... <laughs> I think the reason why this episode was such a letdown is like you said at the beginning, Vinny, it's because we had some amazing episodes before this one. Mm-hmm. And if this had just been, if we hadn't had oh. such the episodes before, if it was just in the middle of a regular episode run, mm-hmm. it may not have, may not have be feeling so bad about it. But all and, I not every Last episode week. can be balls to the wall because if every episode was balls to the wall, then we could really only have a, a 15 episode season because it's just you can't do that. Your story's going to be a mess. I get that. I do. But mm-hmm. 
this was such a downshift. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's almost the, the theme for season nine is run, 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 wall. Run, 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 wall. And you, you don't, I don't have, I have no groove with this season right now. None. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And and even if I had loved this episode, I still would have felt that way about this, about it. Mm-hmm. And I think next week's episode is going to be very similar sort of lull. Yeah, and then, you know, then we're going, we're going into a mini hiatus from that to the Olympics. So, mm-hmm. you know, coming back, are we going to go back to balls to the wall every time we come back? Or are we mm-hmm. going to come back again to the same kind of uh, quick uh, yeah. feeling? After the whole Kane episode and Dean getting the mark of Kane, and then, you know, I think everybody expected us to get some more information about that. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're not getting it this week. This week we did get it mentioned, which I was surprised. Um, but next week I don't see anything Mark of Cain happening in next week's episode. So I think no. you know it's such an ex- it's such a huge, exciting, interesting storyline that we're all just dying mm-hmm. for information about it, and we're not getting it in these episodes. I hope it works to a point where Sam's going to have to do for Dean what Dean did for Sam last season. Sam will wreck this trial. I thoroughly believe that that's where it's going, which is part of why it really angers me that Sam's not taking responsibility for his decisions in in, um, Sacrifice. And what is the name of the season premiere of this this season? I think I'm going to like it here. I think I'm going to like it here. Um, But he's not taking responsibility for his, his choices in those episodes because I really feel they're leading to me to a place where I feel like this is going to be remember back in when season four was airing and Kirky said this is not what we were going to do but the writer's strike affected what we were going to do and initially it was supposed to be that Sam was going to save Dean I feel like this is going to be Sam's chance to actually do that, to finally, finally do that, and yeah. talk Dean down off the ledge. And I, I really want to see that. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. And I want it to be, I want it to be mm-hmm. at a level where it's where it's Dean, where it's Sam saying, "I want you to live to be with me, you know, mm-hmm. so that we can be brothers again." But I want you to do it for you also. I want you to recognize that. You're a person worth worth something, mm-hmm. which is very, which is kind of what he was trying to tell Dean in third season when Dean was all, "Woohoo, I'm going to hell," and you know, and Sam was like, "I feel like that's you what you care about being a road trip." At the end of road trip, where Dean says, "I'm leaving because I'm poisoned," Sam says, "I'm not going to stop you, but don't go thinking that's the reason." I feel mm-hmm. like it's as as close as two episodes ago that was where we were going. Yeah, yeah. And like you said about um, Sam not saving Dean from hell because of the writer's strike, that was so disappointing because during the hiatus between three and four, there were so many good theories and um, oh, fan yeah. fiction, some great fan fiction about Sam saving him, and then we didn't get that. 
there was so much meta and theories about basically the the boy king marching into hell and pulling his brother back out. (laughs) No, no, this is mine. This belongs to me, and I'm taking it back to topside. And, you know, no matter how you feel about what went down instead of, it was a disservice to Sam. And the fact that I, I was hoping when he went to purgatory when Dean went to purgatory, that finally mm-hmm. we're going to get the chance. Sam is going to save Dean from purgatory. Mm-hmm. Like we, he would say, eh, yeah, there again. Were comedy, you no. know, we theorized it. I, saw, I read Meta mm-hmm. over that hiatus that was like, yes, we're finally getting our, we're getting that moment. And then, you know, no, no, no. Yeah. I really, really want to see that. And I think, I think it's, I think because, it's always been like a, you know it's obviously a sibling dynamic, but like I said, also it's it's a parental child dynamic. And in order for what what Sam is basically saying is, you have to see me as an adult. And I think in order for him to do that, he has to balance the scales with Dean, where he takes care of Dean in some way. Whether mm-hmm. you know, in in some fashion, he either saves him, takes care of him, whatever. It's it's time for that to happen. I agree. Me too. <laughs> so we all agree. So that means it has to happen. The writers have to do it now. If all three of us agree. Yep. I mean, it's that's that's the law. I uh, yeah. If not, <laughs> I will I will set up every table just so I can flip it. <laughs> <laughs> Rows of tables. Yes. <laughs> Um, like uh, you know, first before you knock the tables over, I will sweep the lamp and everything off the top of the table. <laughs> Great rage! <laughs> then you can flip the table. It'll, it'll just be a mess. <laughs> Somebody has to come clean this up. Um, it makes me think of the um, scene in Metamorphosis, which was just on TNT this week, where Dean throws a fit on Sam and. Brushes all, you know, sweeps all the lamps and everything off the table. That's what I think of. <laughs> like I said, I don't have as much animosity towards this episode as Becky does. But um, hey, the, issues I do, the, the issues <laughs> I do have with it, the issues I do have with it, uh, they're pretty strong. Yeah, and I just it, well, I do think, and this is not the first episode where I feel this way about something, but I really feel like it would be in their best interest to look back and as well as forward when breaking the story and writing an episode. I completely agree. You know, we had, I'm trying to think who it was. Oh, my God, what is his name? He went on, he went, He became a writer for Buffy in, like, season six, season seven. Drew Goddard. Yes, Drew Goddard. When he, he came in, he was a huge fanboy of the show. And when he shot, when he wrote um, that he needed um, space scenes from previous episodes, and he was like, 
this episode, this moment, this episode, this moment, this episode, this moment, this episode, this moment, because he knew it. I, I feel like I, yeah, something like Drew that Goddard, happened. Drew Goddard was freaking amazing. I loved him, and especially... And he became he was, one of the most beloved writers of, yes. of Buffy Phantom. He was a fan beforehand, and he knew the stuff. Like My very favorite thing that I think he did was in season seven when um, Buffy thought she was going to have to kill Anya, they called back all the way to season two when Xander lied to Buffy, and, yeah, it was just yep. it was just great. I mean, a callback from seven years, you know, from season two that to was, season seven. And it was one of those things that fandom, fandom has always had, been felt, a, yes. had felt very so, unresolved about. Yeah. Know, they, because, there was, yeah. Yeah. So those are the kind of things that I would like to see happen. And honest to goodness, when Jeremy Carver first came on to Supernatural, I felt like, and I even mentioned it on the podcast at the time, that he was Supernatural's Drew Goddard. And because his episodes were awesome. And mm. But now I don't feel that way. <laughs> and like we were talking about before the podcast started, Sarah Gamble and Jeremy Carver were amazing writers. They wrote some of the most wonderful episodes and but provided not, some of the most, some of the best characterization. Not just you know yes. story breaking or anything. You know, that's Jeremy. Why yeah, Jeremy gave us Mystery Spot, which obviously, if you can get into Sam Winchester's mind any better, I dare you to try. Because no. And the very um, supernatural Christmas. He wrote a very supernatural mm-hmm. Christmas. This was full of characterization. And I feel like that's what's missing in this mm. episode. No, and, and, and you know, like with Sarah, Sarah gave us, you know, Sarah gets a lot of flack for giving, you know, for having episodes that, you know, you think you just want to see the voice without a shirt, heart. But she gave us faith, which is part of Dean's characterization to this day. The fact that Dean can connect so well, even though at that point it was thought that you know even Sam thought name one kid you even know. Um, she gave us fresh blood. I'm trying to think of all the episodes she did. Um, she did Disembellow. like all the episodes that have a really strong characterizational foundation. And I don't know. I I feel like I feel like lately the characterization goes a little haywire. Mhm. I feel the like Dean has gotten Dean has gotten boxed into his angst and his controlling issues. And because Dean is our our narrator, he's an unreliable narrator as well. The characterization for the. For the side characters, the guest actors. Oh, those are fantastic. Great. I mean, the stuff we got with Kane. I mean, the stuff we get with Crowley, um, with Kevin. I mean, even Castiel. I mean, great stuff. But when it comes down to the two main characters of the show, Sam and Dean, I feel like we're not getting any. any we're not getting anything there. I agree. 
to repeat the disclaimer, we love this show. (laughs) (laughs) We're just a little sad right now. (laughs) Yeah. It's okay. There'll be a. And we may be, you know, next week we may be completely. And and, and by by episode nineteen, twenty, twenty-three, we might be completely eating our words. Hopefully sooner than that. Goodness. I I know. Know. Let's not get crazy, Susan. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not get unrealistic. Uh, to, to, quote, to quote Spike, I've been hurt before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, if nothing else, next week will be pretty. There will be plenty of pretty. Yeah. No, I, 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 I firmly believe that next week will be flawless if for no other reason than there is a tank top and a haircut involved. Flawless episode. I will have probably zero criticism of next week's episode because I won't know what's going on in the episode. Right. <laughs> like, like I tweeted after this episode aired, I tweeted a screen cap of Sam wearing that tank top, and I said, the best thing about this episode was this scene in the promo for next week. <laughs> I know. Well, everybody, be prepared for next week's podcast, a solid hour of the glory that is Sam Winchester's hair, arms, arms. legs. <laughs> and, and the glory and, that is and Dean's, Dean's hair neck. And Dean's, yeah, Dean's biceps and shoulders and the, the double shirt combo he's wearing because I'm, I'm a big fan of that right now. We can't forget the angst beard. I'm in love with the angst yes. beard. Yeah, we're getting a double yes. layer. Ginger beard of angst. I, again, flawless episode in the making. Yes, that is on, the way. on a platter right there. On a platter. <laughs> okay. Have we? Have well, I we think we tapped out of this one. <laughs> Shall we <laughs> teach to death? I think so. One, um, two, three. Let me out. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> uh, is there any announcements? Uh, anything you want to mention in particular? We just hit 400,000 likes on Facebook, and that's, oh, my God, huge. So thank oh you, everybody. God. Yeah, mm-hmm. huge. Thank you. Oh, and we hit um, 125,000 followers. Actually, we're almost at 127,000 now earlier this week So on Twitter, so thank you for that. And during the Olympic hiatus, like we said, we're going to do an, uh, another Supernatural Marathon. We'll be tweeting information about that once we get it together and have a date set up. So, because the, the one we did last weekend was so much fun. So I hope everybody can mm-hmm. join us for this one. Yeah. And, the, and like I said again, thank you to TV Binges and Sophia Porter especially because we did put a lot of thought and work into making those episodes kind of have a flow. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it took a lot of planning on our part. We probably planned it for about three weeks. So, you know, feel free to give TV binges and uh, at Sophia M. Porter, and Sophia with a PH, some love and some following. The um, next one we're doing is just going to be us. Um, TV binges, they only do it once a month, and they're doing a different show for February. So this one will just be run through us. Mm-hmm. Should we should we spoil um, them on the theme? Yeah, go for it. Okay, the theme we're gonna do is, um, and we really really are working on narrowing it down, but we're kind of showcasing female characters, um, human, angel, demon, 
as long as you're female, we we like you. Um, obviously, we can't put every episode that has an awesome female because, again, we'd be sitting there for like 35 hours straight. But we're going to try to narrow it down to the episodes that showcase that, but are also some fan-favorite episodes. So stay tuned for that list. Okay. Um, one more good thing about Sharp Teeth, the ratings were awesome. <laughs> oh, Best that's yeah. true. It was, yeah, it was even better. with the President of the United States, that's all. <laughs> They were even better than last week's. Last week's was the first, was the best one since 2010, and this week was even better. So yes. we had a what was and it 2.79 and a 1.2 in the demos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Pretty great. So I'm highest glad rated to do that. Since, highest rated episode since Weekend at Bobby's in 2010. Yep. Oh, I miss Bobby and Rufus. Okay, never mind. One more thing. They announced the name of the spinoff, um, the Supernatural oh, yeah. spinoff, yeah. Supernatural Tribes. Um, and for those who don't understand how spinoffs work, um, it's it's going to be in the same universe as Supernatural. It will feature people from the Supernatural world. It's going to be from the information that came out, uh, Robert Singer's directing the pilot, um, Eric Kripke's involved. It sounds like it's going to be amazing. There will be chances for Sam and Dean to pop over even, you know, every now and then, like, you know, Buffy and Angel used to go back and forth. And it's going to be basically we're going to get, you know, two hours a week of the supernatural world and that is an amazing thing and it's a yes. huge it's a huge compliment to supernatural this is huge for them that CW feels so good about supernatural mm-hmm. that they're spinning it off into another show they they feel that they feel that supernatural is that strong that they can do that so it's a huge huge thing and it's going to be I think I'm very excited about it Yes, doesn't mean Supernatural's in danger at all of being canceled or let go. Look at Vampire Diaries and the originals, both going strong, no problem. And it also, if you watch Tribe, you are not being disloyal to Supernatural. You're just You're actually twice supporting. supportive. <laughs> yes, it's, it's supporting Supernatural by watching Tribe, so. Yes. And we have started a, we started a, a separate section on our website just for news about Supernatural Tribes. It's over on the left side of the page. So There we go. Good. Okay. And that. We're about to spin <laughs> off. <laughs> we're going to go spinning off now. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, great discussion. I hope you enjoyed because, you know, Slightly more critiquing than usual going on. I hope everybody enjoyed. I was hoping hoping people who liked the episode would call in and maybe change our minds, but nobody (laughs) called. And they can argue. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's okay. Um, That's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for all the support on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere and for the podcast. And... Lostalkradio.com, Media Boulevard, go to our website, winchesterbros.com for all the info and links. 
Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Thank you.